Weird. Good, it fits you then. Just stand up. Push up with your legs. Push up. This is hard. Just hold your Bible up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I will do what this says I can do. Say, I'm going to do it. Amen. I have an open mind. A teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give, give your neighbor a big high five. Tell him you look good. Amen. You look good. Good. Okay, guys, get ready. Now, here we go. Uh, here's the deal. I've been spending a lot of time with God. Got my boarding passes there. Keep those so I get on plane. Like, what was that? That wasn't there earlier. Um, just spending just spending some time with God. I got to tell you something. We sang this morning this song. Uh, you know, the more I seek you, the more I find you. And I got to tell you what. The more I find him, the more I love. I love God. I love God more today than I did yesterday. I've been spending time with God more and more time. The more I see, you know what? What some of us we tell on ourselves by the level of love that we have for God that we that we demonstrate. And, and because we're not demonstrating a great love for God, it's just, it's a tattletale sign that we haven't been seeking Him. Because when you seek Him, you're finding Him. The thing is, Bible, seek and you shall find. Amplified, seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. See, when you seek God, you're going to find Him. When you look for God in your current situation, you're going to find Him. And you, you, you want to know what you're going to find, you're going to find that His love for you. It, it's not just, this Bible stuff, man, it, this, this isn't just, uh, I think what we've done is in our current society, uh, we, we kind of allowed ourselves to fall into a trap where we think that Christianity is about making good little Christians out of people. That if we can just learn some good manners, you know, maybe pick up a t-shirt, say, you know, John 3.16 on it. Be a witness. You know, uh, pray a prayer, sign a little card, and be really nice to one another for 90 minutes. Th that's all there is to this thing. No. Jesus came to connect man, to reposition mankind who had been, who'd been dispossessed of his God-given right and destiny. Jesus came to reposition mankind to get him back on track in position for real life. God life. You know, in John 10 where it says, The thief cometh not but for to kill and steal, but I have come that you might have and enjoy life. That word life there is zoe, Z-O-E. It's God life. Life as God has it. The same, the same ability to go through life that Jesus possessed. Jesus came and was our example. Our, he, he was a product demonstrator. He had a life, real life, not a lower level or not even a higher level. He had another kind of life. And our role is to demonstrate to the world that we, too, have God life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah, it's been really cool. I don't know if, it, if you've been much around the family. Some of us, uh, some of us, you know, we, we don't may, maybe we don't know the Aucklands very well. We, we, and we're not part of that scene. Uh, but it's been really cool this week. You know, yesterday when we did the memorial service for him and, and uh, you know, brought in every chair that we could find and all, all, you know, and all the way around the room and in the other room, there were people listening. And, and uh, you know, and uh, it during this, you know, this insane tragedy. But yet if it. it 
if you headed over to the Auckland's house, you know, you're going to go minister to them. By the time you left, they had ministered to you. You know, well, we're so sorry. We'll stop right there because, see, we don't believe that sorrow is part of our life. We believe that God has a different plan. So in everything, now we're not, we're not happy, but we've learned that in everything to give thanks unto God. Because God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. See, and we love God. We know that we're living for his purpose. So we know that God's going to take even this tragedy and somehow he's going to use it for good. And maybe it's just to speak into your life that you don't need to allow sorrow. Don't be sorry about anything. Don't, don't let sorrow in your life, okay? Have a nice day and thanks for the tater salad. You know, I, I mean, it's crazy that, that there is a peace that passes all understanding that can keep your heart and mind riveted on God. It's Bible. But but we're in a, you know, I don't know what we're thinking. You know, the church in a whole a lot. of I, I just don't know what we're thinking. We're thinking that, that Jesus came. That church is about a religious ceremonial, you know, activity. And we, we sell out so short. You know, we, we, we're so ripped off from the real life that Jesus came to give you. You know, well, I, I guess what Christianity is about, that's a, what is it, a stop smoking program? You know, Jesus came so that he could put a big dent in, in Budweiser sales. That's a little low, isn't it? You know, I, I hate to tell you this, that I don't think he really cares about some of that. I don't think that you need to be bound. I think God wants to set you free and liberate you so that you're not dictated by, by some habitual lifestyle and that you're not living under the influence unless it's the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says don't be drunk with wine where it's in excess. Don't live under the influence of alcohol. If you, but, but be drunk in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God influence every decision you make. We have some weird picture in our mind of what church and Christianity is all about. And, and, and the Word of God teaches us so different from that. Uh, the Word of God says, here's what I want to give you. I want to give you something so that when life hits, and life hits hard. You know, life don't play fair. But I want to give you something that when life hits you, you've you got something inside of you that goes, is that it? Is that the best you got? You know, Jesus was a product demonstrator. And death took him into the grave, but three days later, he said, you done? Because I kind of got some stuff to do. And, and he's demonstrating to you the life that is available. Look at Matthew 10, 38 and 39. We'll put it up on the screen for Matthew 10, 38 and the, and the Amplified. It says, he who does not take up his cross and follow me and cleave steadfastly to me, Conforming wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. That, doesn't, that, doesn't that sound kind of that's scary right there? What, you mean I'm going to die? I, I might have to die? We're in a different age. You know, they're killing these guys back there if, because they were believers. But, you know, kind of what I hear the Bible say here is like, uh, what you have to do, look at this. He said, I have a lifestyle, my example in living. Okay? My example in living. Follow my example in living. If you, you may have to follow my example in dying also. Well, what was that example? That life stood back up again. Okay. That's what resurrection life is. Resurrection life makes a statement. It says that after death has wore itself out, life stands back up again. So... Follow my example. And if it kills you, 
keep doing it. I mean, would it kill you to live my way? Because if you don't, your lifestyle isn't worthy. It doesn't have the same worth. It's the wrong value. It doesn't produce what my lifestyle produces. Your, you know, Zoe life, not Yoe life. Yoe life, your life, can't produce what God life can. Finally, brethren, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. The peace of God. Now, there's moments when we get knocked down, huh? But we might be, I love the Amplified where it says we're struck down, but we're never struck out. We go through some stuff. But Philippians says, I have strength. For all of this stuff. And I'm ready for it and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's going to infuse me with an inner strength. There is a power that God wants to produce in my life so that when I'm going through hellacious situations, my life actually humiliates hell. But if you're going to get it, look at verse 39. But if you're going to get it, look what he said. Whoever finds his lower life, you lose it, the higher life. But whoever loses the lower life on my account will find it, the higher life. Now, again, we're not talking about a level. We're talking about a lifestyle. Because a lot of us, we're just trying to get to a new level. But if you're living in rebellion and you go to a new level, you're just more rebellious. You know, if, if, if you're living in sin, which is missing the mark, again, hear me, I'm not talking about, you know, the, all of the stuff that we, when we think church... Sin. What would sin be? What would sin be? Sin is not being in the place the will of God has called you to be in. You've missed the mark. Why is the mark so important? Well, the Bible puts it this way. Is it all right if I just kind of flip around a little? Yeah, I got things I want to say. I'm probably saying them in a different order every service, but there's some stuff that you got to hear. The Bible says that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man, the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. Let me ask you something this morning. Do you love God? I mean, the more I seek him, the more I find him, the more I find him, the more I love him. And you get, you know, you start developing this relationship with God and you, you start, you just start loving God. I love God. I, I don't, I got to tell you something about the Bible. And I hope I have time to clarify this because some of you might go out of here thinking, He's on crack or something, but that's okay. Maybe you'll come back. Maybe not. I don't know. Here's the deal. Is that there's stuff the Bible says I don't agree with. You're looking at me like, oh, my God, we're in the wrong church. Start the car. No, no, the deal is, is there's stuff in here you don't agree with it either. You just lie. You know, we fake it. But... Because we don't agree, see, that really positions us for some insane power. Because even though I don't agree with it, I choose to align with it. That's called submission. Right? Submission doesn't start until you disagree. Because prior to disagreement, you were just in agreement. It's easy to be in agreement. Submission's another level. Where I don't agree, but I'm doing it anyways. Okay, I, I, I don't, this isn't the way I would have done it. Trust me. 
This isn't the way I would have done it, but God, I know you're God in heaven. Here I am on earth, so I'll keep my words few. We'll do it your way. Okay? I know I'm not going to have the ability to sing that famous song, I did it my way. But nobody wants to hear me sing that anyways. So I'll do it God's way, right? And I'll submit to God. And I'll let God lead me. Because he's taking me to a place where the things that he has prepared for me are located. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Well, I love God. And the more I find him, the more I seek him, the more I know him, the more I love him. My love for God is, is getting bigger by the moment. But the Bible says that because I love him and God sees that love. Jesus said, if you love me, then you keep my commandments. You're actually doing the stuff I say. James said, if you're not doing it, you're just hearing it. And if you're a hearer, not a doer, you're just deceiving yourself. You think you're, you're, you know, running on all the cylinders, but you're not. Your life can't produce what God life can. And if you love God, you start doing what he said even when you disagree you just do it anyways because it's going to take you to the place where the things are located that you need to fulfill the will of god for your life think about it for just a minute a desire leads to a thing right everybody say a thing okay desires always lead to a thing right it's it's a thing my desire is a thing, whatever it is. It could be anything. Whatever your desire is, it could be a, 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 a double cheeseburger with mac sauce. Here's your desire. Well, what, where, what is that? That's a thing. Well, where is that thing? It's at a place. Decisions lead to a place. Desire leads to a thing. Decisions lead to a place. See? There are some things that God's prepared for you, but you've got to get to the place where the thing is located. The word prepared. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things that God hath prepared. The word prepared means made ready for in advance. Think with me for just a minute. Just think about it. That God hath made ready in advance things that you need. He has a plan for your life. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. God has a plan for your life. God has carved out a divine destiny for you. There's a purpose for you, a destiny, a destination. Something that you're to accomplish. And God knows that you're going to need things to accomplish what He's called you to. So He's prepared the things that you need so that you can live a life that pleases Him. Right? You think you have desires and hopes and dreams, and you think they're yours. Where do you think they came from? I think he put them in you. I know that you're afraid that if you serve God, you're going to have to go to, you know, to Haiti or something. Haiti has enough problems of their own. They don't need you. Right? Now, if it's burning in your heart to go there and make a difference, that's probably a God thing. What's in your heart? You know, I don't, I don't know. Is it, to, is it to use welding to create and manufacture really cool, you, you know, metal? I bet God put that there, Todd. I bet God putting you to the desire to build your own bike. Think he did? Well, if you don't think he did, then you should never do it. Right? I, I, bet, God, I bet God put the desire in you that you have. And he's going to try to give you what you need to accomplish it. So you've got to learn to listen to God so that he can get you to the place where the thing that he prepared is waiting. 
But if you make the wrong decisions, decisions lead to a place. If you make the wrong decisions, you don't end up at the place where the thing is located. And here's what happens to a lot of people is that they're not making the right decisions because they're not allowing God to help them make their choices. They're making their choices on their own. But Proverbs says 1412, there's a way that seemeth right to man, but the ends are messed up. The ends death, death is separated. So we get all focused on the way we're going to get somewhere instead of the end to where we're going. If we would focus on the end and let God declare the way, we'd end up at the place where the thing was at that God had prepared for us. But instead, we go through life without the thing, and then we're mad at God as if he's, he's a liar. He didn't come through like he said he would. But we're not in the right place. It's a place called there. Where's my stuff? It's there. Well, how do I get there? You follow the map, you know, the instructions, listen to the instructions. Here's where we miss it. We think we got it. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call me. I will answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things, things that you can possibly know. Okay? God knows some stuff that you don't know. Hello? Well, why aren't we calling him? Because we think we already know everything that God would tell us. Storms in the Bible. Remember, Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. They woke him up. They said, Jesus, we're in a hurricane. Don't you care that we perish? Wouldn't it have been funny if Jesus would have looked at him and said, nope, and went back to sleep? He, he, he didn't walk around with a lot of care, okay? Okay. By the way, just, just a side thought. You do not want to walk up to me in the hallway and say, take care. Because I'll hurt you. I'm not taking any care. I'm casting all care. It's just a side thought. You're welcome. What, what was I saying before I went off on that? What was I talking about? Okay, Jesus is in the boat. They wake him up. They wake him up. They say, we're dying over here. We're dying over here. And Jesus gets up, speaks to the storm. It's suddenly swallowed up with a great calm. He looks at him and says, guys, you could have done this. You know, where's your faith? Right? You could have handled this. Okay, so one storm Jesus spoke to. The next time we see the disciples in a storm with Jesus, and Jesus is walking through it. He gets Peter out of the boat and teaches him how to walk through the storm. When they get to the boat, read the story. There was no more storm. So one, one storm he spoke to, right? He's talking to it. The next storm he's walking through it. Then we, we read about Peter who's in a storm. The Spirit of God shows up and says, you're going to make it, but you're losing everything. Shipwreck, just grab a chunk of wood and float. So some storms we walk through, some storms we talk to, some storms we just got to float through. Well, here's the deal. How do you know what to do until you've talked to God? See, we end up, we, we talk to God once and he says, speak to it. So we go the rest of our lives speaking to storms, not getting the results that we expect. Why? Well, because, see, God needs you to rely on him. Well, here's what we do. We speak to a storm, we have a great calm. So we write books, we make CD tapes, we do a little mini-series, we go around the world holding seminars, and we talk about our ability to speak to the storms. Wait a minute, it's God's ability to silence the storm when you obey Him. But obedience isn't obedience until you've heard instruction. If you have the ability to receive instruction... 
Luke 5, if you go study that story out, you find out that, that these guys, Peter had a, had a insane revelation because he was a fisherman and he said, you know, we fished all night. We toiled all night and got nothing. But on the ground of your word, we'll lower the net again. Do you realize that if you can hear and receive instruction under pressure, you can put an end to toiling? You should write that down or something. If you can hear God when the pressure's on, you can stop the toiling. It's over. It's over. No more toiling. Why? Because God just spoke, and I know what to do. I know how to handle this storm. See, and this is what God is wanting us to learn, is that there's a lifestyle of God life, and the lifestyle hinges upon our ability to hear God and to obey Him. I gotta hear and I gotta obey. I just gotta do what God says. Why? Because He's taking me to a place. When I do what He said, that's, I'm following, I'm making a decision, and that decision's taking me to a place. And that place contains what God has prepared for me, so that I am empowered by God to do what He's called me to do. I can fulfill my divine destiny. God's Word is a picture of my future. And His Spirit speaks to me. And when I make the decision to obey, it it causes me to go to the place that God has carved out for me. I get there God's way. Ever wonder how Jesus had the ability? Remember the... you, You guys read your book, right? Remember the story where Jesus tells the guys, Jesus knew His divine Destiny. He knew that he, you know, he had read, he had read the scriptures. He, he read, I'm going to ride into town on a, on a donkey. So I probably should get one. So he looks at the guys and he says, you know what, guys, it's about time. What I'm going to do, I'm going to send you into town. You're going to go down this street. You're going to make a right. When you get down, you're going to find a donkey with a colt tied to it. A colt that no one's ever ridden it before. We're talking about a nice ride. Don't get, don't go, don't go to town and just get any donkey. Make sure this one has heated leather seats. Get it? Heated leather. <laughs> it's in the sun. Okay. Anyways. You're going to walk up to the owner. You're going to say, the master has need of these. And they're going to say, okie dokie. How did Jesus know where to send the disciples to find the donkey that was tied up with a colt? That no one had ever ridden before that had an owner that would say, you can have it. He had spent a lot of time showing us by example how we're supposed to live. He went from prayer meeting to prayer meeting, just performed a few miracles in between. He, he was talking to God. He was listening to God. You know what? To, 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 to speak to God and respond to God doesn't mean that you're some kind of freak. It means that you're some kind of obedient servant who who's on a collision course with insane victory god wants to take you to the place where the thing that he's prepared for you is located he doesn't want you going through life being all frustrated because god doesn't come through i i tried jesus i went to church i even gave a seven dollar offering and it didn't work no man you got to develop a relationship with god this god life that this thing that jesus came to connect you to This is a stupid, crazy, good life. I love my life. I love the fact that that God didn't call us to build a church. He called us to build a culture. Jesus said He'll build the church. 
There's stuff that we do, and, and, you know, quite frankly, it's just hard not to play church sometimes. You know, it, it just, it just, you know, gets busy and stuff starts happening. Oh, wow, we're a church, aren't we? We should do church stuff. That's stupid. He didn't call us to build a church. He called us to, to create a culture where you can connect to insane victory. So that you have what it takes to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. So that your lifestyle humiliates hell. So that when hard things come up against you, you can say, hey, hang on to me. I've been through here before. I know how to hear God's voice. I know how to take the word of God, apply it in this situation, and produce victory. Come on. We got what it takes. I have strength for all things. I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Every tongue that rises against us, we can condemn this is the heritage of the children of the living god saith the lord if god is for us it doesn't make any difference who's against us if god's on our side we're gonna make it we're gonna win great peace have those that love thy law nothing can cause them to fall some will quit or fail the lord's on my side we're talking good life talking about great life this is what god has for us i'm telling you if you had a picture of what god has for you You'd have to backslide tonight just to get some sleep. It's exciting what God has for you. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow yourself for a moment to be deceived into thinking that what, what God sent Jesus here to do was make a nice little Christian out of you. No. He sent His Son to come to the earth to demonstrate this is how we live a lifestyle that demonstrates insane authority. Great power. We seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, right? We seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. The first thing I look for is, God, how, how, how would you walk through this? I know there's a way. I know, I know I've got a plan. I know, I, you know, I, can I just be transparent for a minute? I'm going to anyways. Might as well say yes. Uh, I, I always think I know what's best. I'm always pretty fond of my ideas. I don't like yours. I like mine better. Right? I mean, ask the guys who have to deal with me on a daily basis. You know, it, just, I, I have an idea. Good for you. Let's do it my way. You know, I mean, that's just who I am, right? This is how I like to roll. This is, this is it. But God comes along and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask me first. Can't you, you know, can can you, can you reveal it to me in my sleep and I can tell everybody it's my idea? They're going to know you didn't think of this. Why? Because it's going to be nice. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm just, you know, that's not just one, you know, I'm not going to say what just went through my head. Aren't you, aren't you happy? (laughs) I probably will tell them anyway. They just won't know where it came from. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> See, oh no, I can't say that either. <laughs> Jesus. I wish we had a much bigger room. I, really, I wish we had a bigger room. Where we can get, you know, four times as many people in here. You know, this multiple service thing, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to. My goal in life is not to be super busy, it's to be insanely effective with a ton of free time. I mean, that's what I want. Right. Sometimes I got to do it God's way. I got to. I, I don't agree, but I got to submit. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I've been thinking about how to handle this multiple Sunday service thing, and I thought, you know, 
we, we, we cannot, there's only room. You, you know, it's not a, a fire, it's not a fire thing. You know, I was talking to, to Vince. You know, they say we can have like, what's that sign back there say? How, what's that sign right by the door say? What's it say? 400 and what? Can, can, serious, okay, fine. I'll look myself. 413. We are not supposed to have more than 413 people in here. You couldn't get 413 people in here if we all laid down on top of each other. And if we're going to do it that way, I'm on top. But, but we're not doing it that way. 400, so it's, it's not a fire thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a literal space thing, right? So, well, let's just move a wall. Well, the city won't let us. Because you, we can have 413 people in here already. No, we can't. Well, they say you can't. And 413 demands a certain amount of parking spaces. So we've got to have the parking, and you don't have enough parking out there to, to double the size of that. You couldn't put 800 people in. I, I don't want to put 800 people. I just want 417 or 13, but in twice, this, in twice the room, and they don't roll that way. So my only hope is to offend half of you. I've got to get some of you guys mad enough to quit. There are certain things I don't want to do, but I've got to submit to God. I've got to do what He says. I've got to go with His plan. I've got to talk to Him every day. And I'm going to be real with you. There are days where I get up and I get in a hurry, and I just run off and do it my way. And it re- you know, King James says it sucketh. It's not good. There's things, that, there's things in your life that you're just in the habit of doing, and you're just going through life, and that's not the kingdom. That's not doing it God's way. That's you going after life, thinking that you got it. But your life will not produce an end result that values anything near what God life can produce if you would just stop and listen to it. We're not talking about becoming some kind of spiritual freaky person. You know, we're talking about being in tune with the Spirit of God. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Those are the people who are really, you know, in the family. And that's what God wants to do. He, he wants you to draw nigh to Him. Remember? And, and He will draw nigh to you. What does that mean? That means that you become so one with God that we can't find you anymore. It's like you're a Pepsi. He's the ocean. We go and we pour the Pepsi into the ocean. And then we say... Find the Pepsi. You can't. Because there's too much ocean. See, when you get in God, we can't find you anymore because it's just too much God. What we've done in our secular church society is that we started collecting cans. We get all excited about the cans. We polish the cans. Somebody needs to kick your can. And remind you that, no, you're just supposed to empty yourself out into this greatness that God has going. You surrender to God and, and let God life produce in you God's plan and God's desire and God's will. And it'll, it'll change you. You know what will happen is God will challenge you. And you will have some crazy idea, okay, I'll accept that challenge. And at the end of the challenge, you'll find out that you did what God said, even though you didn't agree. But you ended up with household salvation. 
You don't know how you got there, but you got there. How did that happen? I don't know. We just did what he said. You, you know, some crazy thing. God will challenge you in an area of your life, and, and you'll do it. And you'll think it's about one thing, but really God's dealing with another. That happens every week during offering. Because you think you're letting go of money, but what you're really letting go of is the stress that money connects to you. See, if, 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 if you have a hard time sowing seed, it's because the, you're, you think that seed is more valuable than the freedom that God wants to bring you through releasing that seed. So God's always dealing with something that you don't get. We think it's one thing, it's something totally else. But God's kingdom, see, he's going to challenge you. You're going to accept these challenges, and at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself walking in levels of freedom and victory and, and authority that you didn't even know existed. Your children are going to be serving God. Your boss, who can't stand you, is going to give you raises. Your employees, who won't show up, suddenly do the job. Go through life, you have challenges, but at the end of the day, man, you're up above the stuff. You're up above it. You, 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 you just got it. There's something going on that's, that's real. It's a little bit deeper than t-shirts and bumper stickers and nasty attitudes. It's real. Carries you through the storm. Allows you to rest at night. Get up in the morning renewed invigorated and ready for the day changes the way you think because you got to think like god changes the way you talk because you end up needing to talk like god changes the way you posture yourself for future because now we're looking at something different and we're seeing what god sees it's a different lifestyle it's not a different level of what we already have it's a brand new thing if any man be in christ he's a brand new species altogether old things passed away behold all the stuff is of God and all this new stuff. It's of God himself. God's taken us somewhere. He's taken us to a place where the stuff that he's prepared for you is at. Just a couple of thoughts I want to throw at you before we go. And we're going to kick you out of here. We're going to, get, we're going to go get on with day and we're going to demonstrate Satan's defeat in a restaurant. Doesn't that sound good? Food. This, right about now, I'm ready for food. Doesn't that sound good? Say it with me. Food. Thank you, Jesus. Just a couple of thoughts. The enemy's, uh, the enemy's got you living life without your stuff. That should irritate you. That you're living without the stuff that God's prepared for you. And then he, then he twists it and has you get mad at God because God didn't give me what he promised. Well, God's prepared it in advance. In advance. He's taking you to the place where this thing is located. But you've got to make the right decisions. Right? So just realize that the enemy has duped you in, into living life without your stuff. Some of you is healing. You've been going through life sick. God, God said you could walk in health. Some of you, is, it's just mental victory. Always down on yourself, always beating yourself up, always reminding yourself of, of mistakes that you've made. You know what? That should just be an indicator to you that you're, that you're still focused on your can. What can you do? What can you have? You need to empty out your can. The enemy has duped you into living without your stuff. You need to remember that. 
that God's prepared things in advance. The way God does some things is really the way God does all things. That it's out there, it's in front of you, and that if you follow his direction, he's going to have you have a collision with the stuff that he's prepared for you. Which leads me to my closing thought. That all you need to do to collide with the stuff that God's prepared for you is make sure that you're making godly decisions. You're making life choices. That you are listening to God. That you're allowing God to participate in the decision-making process of your life. Because just a little decision, just a little different. You know when you fly in the plane, when you fly into Seattle, Seattle's one of the few cities where the, the uh, transponder that talks to the autopilot is not actually at the airport. So when they fly in, when they're going to land in Seattle, they, they can do autopilot for a while, but when they finally come into approach, they have to take manual control of, of the plane because the transponder's not at the airport. So they have to make minor adjustments. And every little adjustment changes the plane a lot. You know, when the wind's blowing a certain direction, we have to approach things from a little bit different angle, just a degree or two. Your decisions matter. Every one of them. And I know you think you know what you should do, but that's what gets us into trouble. And there might be times that you say, well, God, this is what I think, and, he's, and you're going to just feel it inside of you. Do it. You're right. But there's also going to be those moments when you, this is what I think, and you're going to hear something say, don't do it. Have a, have a good friend just shared with me this week. Someone came to them, and they're in the same business that we're in, changing lives. Someone came to them and said, we got this big chunk of money for you. We know that you have two goals that you're working on, and we got a big chunk of money. We can, we're going to pay for one of them. You, you decide which one. And they said, oh, I, oh, that's so awesome. He's so excited. Uh, what, what I need to let you know, tonight at dinner. <laughs> tonight at dinner. Okay. Okay, well, see you at dinner. So he goes away. Coming back, his wife says, which one are you going to have him do? And he said, uh, I'm going to have to tell him no on both. No, you can't tell him no. We're not talking about, you know, 100 bucks. We're talking about, well, one of them is 75 acres of land in South Carolina in the capital city. They'll buy that and give it to you. Or we'll do this other thing that you're going. And they, they, he prayed, and God, what one, do you want, what one do you want to set? You know, what one should I have him do? And God said, neither. No, I don't think you understood me, God. See, these people... They're either, buying the, they're either buying the property, you know, the acreage that we want, the 75 acres, or, you know, for the same amount of money as the 75 acres, there's already a building and some property built that we can move right into. So which, which one should we have them do, Lord? Neither. None. Okay, I'm going to fast till dinner, of course, because I have to tell them at dinner. So uh, you, you, just, you just speak to me now. You ready? I'm waiting. Why is it quiet? Because he's already told you. How frustrating. So he went to dinner that night, and he said the people that wanted to bless him with so many millions of dollars suddenly had a mood change. They, were, they weren't angry. They were, you know it, okay? Saturday night, I'd just tell you what they were, but it's Sunday morning, so I'll be careful. They were mad. They went away, and he was really hurt, not by their... Mood change, but by God's instruction. 
been believing God, been praying for it, been claiming it, been talking to it, been walking around it, been, you know, soles of my feet and all this stuff. And then we get there, here God, here's the people and the answer, and you tell me no. A few months later, opens his morning newspaper, and there's the picture of these people. They're being indicted by the United States government. And everyone who's ever had any financial dealing with them, because uh, they kind of got their money, they cheated. So the vice presidents of four different banks. But you know, all you got to do is Google a certain name, and you'll see it all come up. Said, so, you know, had, had they received anything from them, they would have lost the entire ministry. See, you think you know what to do, but God knows what you need to do. The enemy's duped you and tricked you into living without your stuff. If he can't prevent you, he'll promote you and get you to think that, okay, I'm going to go get my stuff. And you'll go without listening to how to get to where it's at. You've got to hear God. You've got to pray. I know reading the Bible just seems tough. It seems dry. So you just got started. You open it up and it's like, I don't know how to do this. Get help. And I know that praying obviously seems to be pretty difficult work because a lot of us, the only prayer we know is, Father, before we eat, we ask you to bless this food. We've got to grow ourselves a little bit. We've got to get a little bit more committed to developing ourselves as a believer. Because the life that God has for us, it's not just a different level of what you already know. It's a totally new lifestyle that will produce insane victory for you. For your family, for generations to come. It will bless you. You want what God has for you. You want it. So don't let the enemy lie to you and deceive you and make you think that if you go after God that you're going you're gonna to get a little weird paper and a gold star on it and every third week you're going to have special breakthrough power because you're going to be first in line at the drinking fountain. That, I don't know what this is. But the fact is that what God has for us is a culture of winning. A culture of demonstrating Satan's defeat. A culture that says, you know what, no matter what hell throws at us, we win. We love our life. We love our God. We love to worship. We're going after real life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's give God one more hand this morning. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. I want to ask a question. Just a minute. We're all going to pray a prayer together. 